0: All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The Law Offices of Fran Hosh, Fall Harbor, Florida. Call 1 866 Law or go to lawfran.com. The Law Offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garageville Podcast. It's been a minute. I had COVID. That sucks. Let me tell you, it's like having every cold you've ever had since you were a little kid all at one time. It's uh, it's definitely not a fun place to be. Hey, this episode of the Garageville Podcast is brought to you by SNS Cycles. Since 1958, SNS has led the B Twin aftermarket. From innovative new ways to get air and fuel into your performance twin to big bore kits for all big twins, sportsers, and M8s to today's must have exhaust components. Choose s Cycles. For your next performance upgrade, visit SSCycle.com and follow s Cycles on social media at SSCycle. The Arlen Nest Motorcycle Company save 10% and receive free shipping in the lower 48 states when you use the sales code GarageBill10 on all orders at arlenness.com. Of course, we're brought to you by Team Dream Rides of Tennessee in Maryville, Tennessee. Dream Rides is located only minutes from the tail of the dragon, and they specialize in performance engine upgrades, used bike sales and service, maintenance and repair. Visit TeamDreamRides.com or follow at DreamRidesTennessee on Instagram to check their used motorcycle inventory or to purchase your next performance part. The high seas rally sets sail this october 29th through november 5th on the high seas for the only motorcycle rally on a cruise ship one week 3,500 bikers and four caribbean ports follow at high seas rally on instagram and use the code speedmetal and you're going to save 100 bucks on your cabin price here's a little secret we're also giving you a free drink pass electric lighting features top shelves leds backed by 30 years of cutting edge industry leading manufacturing and the best warranty in the market Use the sales code SPEED22 for free shipping in the USA. Forty-eight on all orders over fifty bucks at Nam's Products.com. I'm also laced up in my 1620 workwear, premium, made in the USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA and use the discount code SPEED2022 to get the biggest discount available, twenty percent at checkout. Also follow 1620USA. On Instagram, I have a great show for you today. This is Mr. Clint Woolsey from Stone Senate. Let's get this thing out of the garage and up on the road.
1: You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Coleman.
0: Uh, jason hey how are you (laughs) hey good man how are you doing oh man i am uh i've had a hell of a week i got covid last week oh gosh dang i'm sorry (laughs) i don't know if you've had that yet or not but that (laughs) boy that's miserable that's like uh it's like getting all the things you've ever had ever been sick with like colds and flus and stuff all at one time it's kind of like a cocktail
1: (laughs) (laughs) dude yeah actually uh after having COVID was worse for me than having COVID and that was pretty miserable during when I had actually had it, you know. So I man, I, I hate that for you, dude. That there's nothing good about that.
0: No, but hey, you know, we've got a we the show must go on, right? You know more than anybody that the show must go on, so
1: <laughs> Right. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely, man. You gotta gotta keep on keeping on, as they say, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah man yeah man so i am i'm super jack dude you guys um you know i had you on uh had you on torque and then we we released that as an audio podcast here at the garageville podcast um uh, god it seems like it was only a few weeks ago but i think it was a couple months ago when dusk was coming out
1: yeah man back in uh, back in march i believe right yeah
0: and so now yeah. you're you're as promised your next single is out right
1: Yes, sir. It just came out uh, this past Friday, man.
0: Yep, and you got to be pretty excited. How, how are you guys doing in the in the in the uh, in the charts,
1: man? You know what? Uh, it, you know, with streaming and stuff, you're always trying to get on different playlists and 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 all that stuff. And so, we're getting a few few ads and stuff. And uh, we did really well with the last single right before that called "Good to Go," and um, this one is a little more. Uh, it's like it's a little more i guess straight rock and roll whereas our last single good to go kind of had that crossover vibe like it could go americana or country rock kind of you know and so uh we got a little more action uh right out of the gate with good to go the last single and uh but starting to get some action on shine and uh and so uh just kind of rolling with the flow here, man, trying to get everything we can get, you know, but, uh, but it definitely, it, it very excited to have it out. It's a, uh it's just a cool, rocking, rocking tune. I think, man. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny because you guys are you guys have your own sound. Like you have developed your own. We talked about this last time too. Where I felt like your your real early stuff that you guys did, like back, uh, you know, in the early days of Stone Sent really kind of sounded very Guns and Roses, and then you know, you always had this kind of this this Southern pole that kind of, I feel like the, the gravitational pole, the Allman brothers just, just is kind of in the DNA of stone Senate. And it kind of, it goes there and that's a great place to, I mean, that's a great place for music to come from. Anyways. I think the Allman brothers, I mean, you know, God, what a what ai mean between Dickie Betts and Greg Allman and Dwayne Allman and, you know, the two drummers, I don't know their names, unfortunately, but, um, the sound there, uh, it seems to be in the DNA of, of a lot of what y'all do.
1: Man, and thank you so much for saying that. the The Allman Brothers are uh, are heroes of of all five of ours. You, you know what I mean? That just the uh, every guy in in the band, you know, and just the, the songwriting and and the vibe and uh, their ability to really get down on some some improv. You know what I mean? Whether it was preplanned that they were going to hit some some improv during this song and kind of go, uh, go off the the main road there, I guess, you know? And so we, we've always kind of tried to try to do that because we enjoyed hearing the Allman brothers do it so well, you know what I mean? And so, uh, so thank you for, for saying that, man. Um, yeah, we just, uh, I I think as any band, you know, we've, we've kind of been growing as songwriters and learning how to write with each other, um, really is, is, a, is a big thing, I think. Um, and it, it all came very easily, uh, you know, but once we added, uh, James Edwards into the band a few years ago, I was
0: just going to bring him know. up. I mean, when you have, yeah. you guys have such a, um, you have this ability. Well, and and being, being that we've, we've known each other for a few years now, and I've seen you play lots of different places. I know that you guys have the ability to jam because I've seen you play live so many different times, but I, when we were in Sturgis, um, and forgive me, what's your drummer's name?
1: Oh, uh, David Zettler.
0: David Zettler. He's such a sweet guy. He came over to the table and he was talking to us during one of your short breaks. He's like, he's like, What do you guys want to hear? And I was like, I want to hear Lazy River. That to me, that's my to I, I think that to me, that's your Hotel California. That's your that's your free bird. That I love that song so much. And you, and he was like, Oh, we don't normally play that often live and i remember him going up there and saying that and you guys were kind of talking a it, and you guys just nailed it right out of the park which which doesn't surprise me because you guys play so many hours together you guys rehearse constantly you're you're constantly touring and you wrote the song but it's such such a great it's so much fun watching you guys have fun is what i'm kind of trying to get it because you have so much talent in your band the five of you
1: uh, man gosh that thank you so much jason for for saying that man that's uh we, we've uh, we kind of become a little musical family you know and and uh like you said having spent so many hours together and and uh, a lot of playing together and stuff and um and laser river is actually one of my favorites to play just because it's uh it's kind of got a little Allman Brothers kind of vibe. It does you know? I always thought of the that song "Dreams" that the Almer Brothers did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that always the uh, there's a lot of similarities, I guess, with "Dreams" and "Lazy River" in, in my mind, at least. You know. <laughs> well, every, so,
0: you know, it's kind of that muse piece, right? Like, you know, I think, I think the musician was the first person I ever heard say that um, not the the imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but that. Everything's kind of already been done. We're just kind of finding a new way to admit, to make it ours, you know, and kind of reappropriating, you know, the the tone. You know, everything starts from somewhere else, and, and having that's a good muse to have is to have a song like "Dreams" from from the Almond Brothers. I mean, that's a great song.
1: Man, absolutely, yeah, you're you're exactly right, man. Um, you know, I always used to fall asleep to that song when I was uh, growing up. <laughs> I'd put it on repeat and yep. then I'd, I'd, I'd drift off there, you know, but, um, but yeah, yeah, man, that's, uh, that, that's really cool to uh, have some comparisons to to the Allman Brothers guys, you know, and so uh, we definitely, um, we we draw from a lot of different uh, influences, obviously, you know, but, uh, but the Allman Brothers, are, you know, is collectively, we, we absolutely just, just adore that band, man, if, uh, if that makes sense. So <laughs> that's, that's really cool you to say
0: one of the things that i didn't get a chance to unpack last time and, and i you know i don't really i don't have any like inside knowledge of this but somebody mentioned to me that uh you're from a musical family actually and, and one thing we didn't we didn't really kind of unpack that last time we interviewed we talked all about the you know how stone senate got started and how you got started and actually performing and writing your own music but are you're from you you come from a musical background do you not
1: yeah man uh, my uh mother and father have been in the The music business uh, on the business side of it uh, mostly artist management and um, and music publishing you know since before I was I was born my uh, my dad Irv he was a uh, promotion guy for several different labels from the uh, late 60s on to when he started his management company uh, right around 1980 and so uh, but he 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 worked you know rock and he did a lot of blues stuff um for malico records an old blues label and mm-hmm. then uh he kind of moved into uh to country music and then moved to nashville and stuff and um he said he was always interested in artist management but uh he was just kind of waiting to to find the right artist there and then he was uh uh he brought george Strait to town you know and nice. uh, and got him signed to the label that my father was working at, uh, MCA Records at the time, and uh, and then left that and started his management company. And he's just kind of been been doing that and, and st- still doing it with George, you know? And uh, and my, my mother was always a big part of the management company, and uh, and she she did a lot of stuff. They had, uh, the, my father, mother, and George all had a, a music publishing company called Muy Bueno Music that my, my mother pretty much oversaw, you know? Right. So pretty, uh, pretty cool. I was definitely, uh, I grew up around a lot of, a lot of different kinds of music and stuff and definitely grew up uh, around the business a lot too, you know? So it was always something I, I really wanted to get into when I was uh, old enough to.
0: That, that has to help. Cause you know, I, I, you know, you and I have talked you know extensively about music stuff and, you know, I always fancy myself about, I, I like to get in you know, a couple layers deep to, to find out a little bit more. Like, I love to know um, my favorite songwriters are when someone tells a story, right? You know, that there's some, there's a a Guy Clark song about the guitar at the pawn shop guitar. And every time I hear that song or every time I play it for somebody that hasn't heard it before, the hair on the back of my neck stands up because it's such a, it, there's a story there, right? And so I want to know where things come from and how things work. I like to take things apart and find out how they work and, and kind of dissect things. So one of the things I've always read about is that how um, early on in the in the music business, how, you know, the promoters and, and before there's really even A&R guys, how, you know, the the musicians were the last people to get paid, um, you know, and, and they ended up owing the record companies, big money. And then I would have to think that having people that, that brought you into this world kind of insulate you from that gives you a little bit of a, a better understanding from, from jump street on, on how to actually navigate these waters so that you can do your craft that you love so much as a profession.
1: Yeah. You know what? It, it helped, uh, tremendously <laughs> to have my mom and dad and uh, a lot of their close friends that work you know or that had worked in the industry kind of help guide me through different bands you know um for, from like the very beginning just to find a recording studio you know when i was 14 or uh 15 i guess mm-hmm. you know um to uh to now you know within the last couple of years you know trying to to get with a booking agency, you know, and a, and a label and, um, how to, uh, kind of insulate yourself, you know, with, uh, uh your, you know, obviously you got have to copyright all your music and, and trademarking your, you know, your logo and, uh, and just trying to get all the, uh, try and get, I guess, a team built around you to help you, uh, try and be as successful as, as you can, you know, cause right. there's a, a lot of sh- a lot of shysters out there. <laughs> yeah in the uh i'm sure in every business but definitely the music business you know and so it was uh it was very helpful man uh to to have uh you know their leadership and and uh and advice and uh, of course they they always tried to help out wherever they could and stuff man so i was uh, i was really lucky you know what i mean uh being in a band and uh, being able to do what what i was wanting to do and and having their help and advice and all that stuff you know
0: yeah but i mean you had you know the one thing that i will always say and i was thinking about this uh earlier today is that some people i'm I'm trying to think out let me figure out how to articulate this the right way that some people think because somebody's talented that they didn't have to put in the work. And I, and I was thinking about that and, you know, like some people are like, well, this guy just, he can just bend metal, you know, like in my, in my craft, you know, there's guys that it seems like they pick up a, uh, they pick up a piece of metal and a hammer and in a beater bag and they, they form this, this flat piece of sheet metal into a fender and they just make it look easy. And it's like, wow. Okay. So they're, they're born with that God given talent. And it's like, no, they're born with, you know, they can swing the hammer harder. But and maybe they learn it a little bit quicker, but it's still the same amount of work. It's just it comes to some people easier than it does to others. And so to be a song, a successful singer, a songwriter, a guitar player, band leader, um, somebody that under, you know you had to come up with all like you just said your intellectual property, all of those pieces. Uh, you are not just um, you're not just you know your day doesn't begin when you get on stage, your, your day leading up to state, the state, all that work that you put in is so that you can get onto the stage and make what you do look easy.
1: Well, yeah. Well, yeah, man. you know, uh, and th- thank you for saying that. Um, I definitely have a lot of help. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I guess starting at an early age, uh, and learning kind of as a, as I went, you know, um, as far as the singing and guitar playing, um, I played in bands since I was probably 13 or 14 or 15, I guess. Um, you know, and a lot of them being cover bands, um, a lot of the Nashville cover band kind of stuff, you know, but right. four-hour gigs. And and so I think doing that for so many years helped me kind of hone my, my playing and, and my singing a little bit more you know and then um just uh doing as many different jobs as i've done in the industry from the live production to the hauling the gear uh to working with artist management and uh, music publishing and all that that's really kind of helped me um get to where i'm at right now i I guess you know uh, to be able to kind of cover so many different things to help especially with the band you know what i mean in order to get us to the gig and and on the stage and and all that stuff, you know. Um, so it's uh it's definitely uh I'm 44 now, you know, and um, <laughs> I've been doing it, you know, uh, uh thirty prof- years professionally, yeah, you know, probably close to that, you know. But uh, but it was just something that you know nobody in the band wanted to give up on. Uh, we just we felt like uh, if we kept at it, you know, we'd uh, we, we'd finally see a little success, and or at least get a get a good shot at it. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> so, I'm really uh, glad
0: that you brought that up because that's somewhere that I that's somewhere I was afraid to go with you because I didn't want it to come from a place of. Um, from a negative space, but it, you guys aren't, you know, it's very evident that you guys are grown men. Some of you have families. I don't know, you know, I don't know who does or doesn't, but I'm, I'm assuming that there's families involved and wives and kids and maybe shit, you know, some people even have, I just had two grandkids a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, well, oh, I didn't, my daughter did. Thanks. Um, but uh, you guys are not, you guys are, um, the real deal. And so I, I was interviewing a couple other people um, uh, the last couple, last month or so, I, I interviewed Ross Flora and uh, yeah. I also interviewed uh, Cash Crawford and they're still working, uh, they're working those four hour shifts, you know, four, five and six six nights a week to to pay their bills and and they're taking a different, what I'm trying to get is they're, t- they're taking a different path and I think what Stone Senate is where you guys are five, grown men professional musicians living in a living in a a, you know in a in a sprinter van with each other going through all the same bullshit that guns and roses goes through in their four buses uh but you guys are scaled down and and you guys are you guys are hitting the pavement and you know you're a working band you're successful i don't know if anybody's told you that i mean i think you're successful i look at you and i go like shit that's if that's as good as it ever got i'd I'd be happy because I know you love playing music. I can tell, and what what tells me that you love playing music is when we were in Sturgis last year, and you guys were doing your sets. You guys didn't leave. You guys hung out and you you spent time together at a table, and you know people would come over and kind of you know want to shake your hand and and you know buy a hat or do you know those kinds of things but you guys were done working and you were still spending time together and that to me was the most successful thing i'd ever seen and it made me feel really good and it made me be an even bigger fan of you guys because there's times where i feel like shit man i wanted to have a bike on the cover of easy rider and and i've never even had one in easy rider yet but i'm still going you know
1: yeah man that did yeah you just gotta you know I, i guess that's the whole thing you gotta keep on keeping on as, as they say there you know what i mean and, right uh, we're, man, we're, we're very much uh very much still like a working band you, you know what i mean and we all kind of came up doing the the broadway and nashville shifts and, and and all that and um and just really wanted to pursue uh more of an original uh type of band and stuff you know and uh i mean you know, we still take just about every gig we're offered if, if we can physically make it happen, you know, just because that's the the way we decided would be the best way to, to try and spread the word and, and the music, you know what I mean, just to get yeah. out there and meet as many people as you can and play as many shows as you can, you know, and so.
0: But you kick um, ass when you're on stage too. I mean, you guys, it's it's not, you know, and I try, I, I try to champion – cause as much as I can and turn as many people as I can onto it because it's, it's such good fucking music Uh, for lack of a better term. I, I don't know. You know I mean? I'm without sugarcoating it. It's, it's, it's really good music and it's fun and it's, and you guys are engaging and I mean, shit, man, you know, to watch you guys up on stage is, is not, it's, it's like, I feel like I've seen you play in front of a thousand people and I've seen you pay play in front of, you know, a couple dozen and it's, and it's awesome. You know what I mean? It's never a different show
1: thank thank you for for saying that man um yeah you know we just uh uh i guess we always you know uh give it our 110% whether there's two people or uh 200 or a thousand or whatever it, it may be um obviously we're trying to work up to to more of the uh the thousand person shows Sure. But, uh but you, but we got to get there uh somehow you know what i mean and um uh, and, and we definitely kind of started at the bottom of the ladder and still working our way up man but uh we're, we're lucky man we've had a, a lot of help and we, we got a really good um team uh, around us you know management and label and promotion and stuff and we got friends like you guys man that help us spread the word and stuff and uh and, uh, and we thoroughly enjoy uh playing music with, with each other and and really just being around each other we all get along so well and we love having some beers together and a lot of laughs and uh, and so it's uh, I, I think we're lucky man that we get along so well and that we all still want to pursue this 110% you know what i mean like, yeah. like like we are i guess you know
0: and we talked last time we talked you were looking at wanting to do some some of the uh some of the music festivals and i'm i'm i see here that it's it's a bit of ways where you're going to do the head for the hills festival and then you've got belgium fest so it's it, going to be in west those are both in west virginia um yeah i mean yeah. so your schedule it looks like your schedule's pretty hot you're going to be in broward county here uh this weekend uh may 21st um at the airboat show in davie florida and then uh, you guys go to west virginia west virginia nebraska that's awesome gonna be at uh, yeah. the barrel and vine <laughs> That's. All, I've got some yeah. people in Omaha. I'm gonna. Oh, say, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna fill I'm that I'm place sorry, up for you. Go
1: ahead, Jason. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. You. No, I was, I was just gonna out say. There for a sec, man. I'm sorry. I've
0: got some people in Omaha. I'm gonna fill that place up for you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I tell you what. Th- this will be our third or fourth time out there working with a uh, uh, a promoter named Mike Allen with the MRL talent uh, out mm-hmm. there. Uh, so it's uh, it's always been a fun time, man. And they're doing uh, some bike nights and stuff out there. So that's kind of right up our alley, I think. You know.
0: And you're heading to Nevada too
1: yeah man we've actually we're about to announce a, a big uh, big chunk of shows uh including like sturgis i guess and uh some california some uh, uh like las vegas uh, reno uh kind of a big run out west uh, nice. around august i guess and then um and so i uh, just trying to fill the calendar up man and uh, definitely getting some some cool shows this year so far and uh that we've done and, and on the calendar and stuff, man. And uh each year keeps getting better for us, you know. And so we're just uh happy to still be able to to do a what you know, what, what what, we're doing basically, man, you know.
0: Does uh does radio hold the same sway that it used to, um Back, you know, back when everything was—I feel like uh, with the uh, with the internet these days and your ability to reach out and have direct contact with your with your fans through Instagram and, and Twitter and things like that and Facebook—does the uh, th- does the radio still hold the same weight that it used to back when uh, the everything was was controlled by the record companies?
1: You know, I mean. In my opinion, from, from what I've seen, it still holds a lot of sway. But with streaming, you know, uh, it, it's uh, it's it's a whole different kind of ball game out there. You, you know, you you used to spend up to a million dollars maybe to break an artist on their first single. You right. know, at country, probably more than that. I, I would say maybe at rock and roll back back in the day there, the '90s, uh, '80s, and '90s, and early 2000s and stuff, and and with streaming, you know, um, you can get your stuff out there and then it's kind of up to you to build up your, your, your listener base, you know, and your fan base and stuff. Right. And so it just makes it easier, I guess. Um, if for, for a band like us, it's not on like one of your major, um, record labels, you know, that we're, we're still able to release music. Um, and, uh, obviously we don't, you know, we don't have a, a budget for, for, uh, you know, millions of dollars and stuff, sure. or, or even really, uh, thousands of dollars, you know, to do a whole lot. But, um, uh, so it's, uh, it makes it easier for bands like us, you know, to get your stuff out there, you know, and, um, uh, but I, I think radio still has a lot of sway, you know, um, it's just, uh, that streaming when it came in, it kind of just really, you know, obviously changed, changed the whole game up a little bit, you know? Right.
0: What kind of, uh, what, what music do you guys listen to when you're on the road? When you when you guys are rolling in that in that big black sprinter van down the road with that trailer <laughs> uh behind it, is it is it a lot of quiet in there? Is there a lot of music going on or is it what what what's tell me about that? Man,
1: yeah, there's always music going on. Um uh, you know, hell, we listen to everything from uh from the Bee Gees to like Wasp. Uh Wasp to, nice uh, Blackie Lawless. And Jan- <laughs> yeah, man, Blackie Lawless, you know, a lot of Allman brothers, a lot of Skinner. Um, really, really, just a little bit of everything, I guess. Um, uh, if, uh, you know, we, we sleep in that Sprinter a lot. And so once we're parked and having some drinks, we'll have us a little, uh, BG's sing along from, uh, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack.
0: That's maybe. a great, that whole album, that whole album is fire, dude. That entire it album is, is fire. Dude.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so we, uh, we, we have a lot of fun, man, and occasionally get a little sleep going down the road there in that man, but, um, you know but uh for the most part man i mean it's uh we we have a a lot of conversations i mean we're we're constantly hanging out you know uh, maybe catch a little bit of sleep and um uh, but uh, always got some some tunes going you know and um and so it's uh ne- never a dull moment really you know there, that, well, not, there, not there a you whole go. not a whole lot of boredom going <laughs> on i guess
0: <laughs> you brought up you brought up uh wasp with blackie lawless stuff that that's a band that does not get the love that it deserves at all
1: no, man. I, I, I love those guys, man. And, and really everybody in the band loves those guys, you know, and, uh, uh, they're actually coming to Nashville, I think in November and playing the Ryman Auditorium, uh, for like the first time in several years, you know what I mean? And, um, so, uh, we actually, we listened to a lot of motorhead too. Uh, oh, yeah, I should have brought that up too, you know, but, uh, but yes, yeah, so it's, uh, it's kind of a wide variety, you know, uh, but, uh, uh, it kind of, I guess whoever's driving, uh, kind of controls. Gets to control the
0: radio. That's the, that's the rule in my truck. The
1: mercy. <laughs> that's
0: the, I get to control the radio in my truck when I'm by myself, but I don't get to control the radio when my wife's with me. She doesn't, cause she doesn't want to listen to all the same stuff I want to, cause I, I'd want to listen to wasp.
1: <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. That's a good driving music. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It'll keep you on your toes there.
0: Passing <laughs> pass the time. Passing the time. Um, so you guys are going to be in Sturgis again this year. Do you know Do you know what venue you're going
1: to play? Man, you know what? Uh, we're working with this new booking agency uh, called the Conway Entertainment Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we got a, a buddy of ours who's our agent, Mr. Cody Payne. And so, um, uh, you know, whereas the last, I, I guess last year we were at the, uh, the Iron Horse slash Broken Spoke. Uh, and then a the couple years before that, we were at the Buffalo Chip. Yep. And so uh, he was kind of reaching out to some different places for us this year. Um, and uh, so uh, I'm not sure exactly where we're going to be, but uh, I know that we're definitely going to going to be in Sturgis, um, you know, for at least a few days. I hope. And uh, uh, he he was talking to the full throttle there and uh, the Buffalo Chip again. And nice. Um, all good Beaver venues, bar, I think, and Iron Horse and all that, you know, yeah. so, it's so uh, there, there's some great places out there, man. That's a great know? place
0: to play, and because there's so many people, right, so you could play, you could play the same venue three days in a row, or play four different venues, and you'd have eight different crowds, you know, I mean, there's just so many people there.
1: <laughs> man, yeah, like last year, we were at the, on the Broken Spoke stage at the Iron Horse during the day, and then we were at the Steel Pony Campground at, at night. Yeah, you know, and so and it was uh, it, it was really cool, man. It was it was uh, tons and tons of fun. We we had an absolute blast, man. Do you think and so? That's a uh, do you uh, think because of, is, is just awesome, man. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Please. I was going to say do you, on that point though, do you think that one of the things that uh, it seems to me that there is a system. I, I I've learned this from talking with Ross Flora and from from Cash Crawford and then hearing things before that that. There's like this, in the country music side of things, it's very different than the rock and roll side of things. Um, and I don't put you as a country band, I, I, and you know that I that I don't, but you're, you are Nashville-based. And so I think that sure. you have that Nashville work ethic. Do you think that because you have these four-hour shifts and you have these things you have to do and there's like these rites of passage, that that's where you guys have the ability to play as many times as you do and be as tight as you are is because you've worked out all the you've sussed out by the time somebody comes to the band stone stone senate and you've you you i am sure you've picked handpicked these guys to play with you you've already sussed out the dudes that don't have the work ethic the dudes that don't come to come to work with a good attitude do you think that that that's what helps uh things the people that come up through nashville and have that nashville work ethic
1: yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think, uh, uh, that's really cool. You brought that up, man, because, uh, I, I've always thought like the Nashville work ethic, um, is, is really different mostly because you're doing four hour shifts, you know, four <laughs> hours straight. Yeah. So, you know, you got to fill up that time and you want it to be good, obviously. But, uh, so yeah, we, we definitely carried that over, you know, and, um, uh, we, we could definitely still do 4 hours you, you know uh, just uh we've got a big arsenal of uh, a lot of good cover songs you know um to to choose from and uh and obviously uh, uh getting more and more original songs you know in, in there and stuff and um it's just uh yeah it, that that work ethic man totally uh i think has has put us in some really good places man you know where we can do multiple kinds of gigs, you know, casino, bike rally, uh clubs, you know, festivals, just all, all kinds of stuff and we're kinda of prepared for for anything, man. You you know, if they want fifty percent covers and fifty percent originals, we can do it. If they want all originals, we can do it. You, you know what I mean? So we yeah. kinda um we, we got a, a big uh big arsenal I guess of uh, of music, you know, uh from playing uh all the nashville places you know the four hour shifts and stuff and so i think uh i think that was really cool for everybody to have gone through that and, and kind of learned it uh, and had that work work ethic like you were saying you know
0: well how long ago did you start like so one of the things we haven't talked much about that your personal experience working those four hour shifts on broadway and that and can you tell me a little bit about you know kind of where you started in, in that and when you decided uh, you know, you said you were in bands from the time you were 13, 14, 15, and, and on up. And, and I know Stone Senate, I think, became a, a reality around 12 or 14, right? 2014 or 2012 is when you started Stone Senate.
1: Yeah, man. It was right I, – I think it was right around 2012, right after we got the name. We went out on a, a month-long tour with the Bullet Boys um, uh, shortly thereafter. We got, we got the name and all that. But um, I, I guess – Man, I started, I always had played in mostly original bands, Mm -hmm. you know, around Nashville and and stuff over the years. And then I guess around um, 2000, 2002, maybe, um, I I joined up with some buddies of mine and we started a cover band that we really didn't expect would take off like it did. Um, But then that turned into like a full time seven days a week, you know, uh, a, a lot of the three, you know, a lot of the three, uh, th- th- I guess the four hour shifts right. three times a day, I should say, you know what I mean? And, um, and so the, that, that really got everybody's chops up and stuff, you know, and it was a lot of fun, man. You know, we did everything from rock to country and kind of everything in between, you know, and, um, I was still doing that when I put the a band called the shakes together which turned into stone Senate. Um, and so I was kind of juggling both of them there for a little bit, uh, for a couple of years. And then, uh, I just decided to really try and focus in on the, on the original thing, which turned into stone Senate, you know? Right. And so, um, but, uh, no, no regrets though, by, by any means, no, <laughs> it was if, a lot of fun, man.
0: If the one thing that I'm learning from, from, you know, from talking to you as often as we talk and speaking with Ross and speaking with, with cash, there is no, there is no cheat code here, so there's no replacement for hard work, and that goes back to what I was talking about, like watching somebody pick up a tool and build something from nothing. Um, you kind of are doing that with with your instruments and with your, you know, with your words and your thoughts and that stuff, and and it's it's always amazing to me that I can't play a guitar. If you had, held a gun in my head, I've tried a hundred times to try to get lessons and everything. It's just my brain doesn't work that way. But there's nothing. That puts a smile on my face more uh than watching somebody play an instrument it's just it's such an amazing amalgamation of hand eye coordination thoughtfulness and and even you know the worst day you can you can change the arc of that of that terrible day with with the right song in the in the right melody and that it's just amazing to me
1: oh no uh, absolutely man it's um it's a uh, hell it, it, it's amazing to me <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? it's, uh, that's good that though but
0: that's so that it shows that you're still a little precocious about the whole thing and you don't take it for granted that you still you know do you you obviously you have you're a fan right you're a fan of who are you a fan of right now that maybe you would want to to turn somebody on to like you know hey man you've got to hear this guy or this band or this girl or this that whatever you know who you listen to that maybe we haven't heard
1: yet man you know uh I'm sure you've heard of, uh, Lu- uh, well, uh, L- Lucero, I guess. I'm trying to think of no. who else, man. The, the drive-by truckers, I guess. Um, okay, see, there's two I uh, haven't heard of. Yeah, well, you know, like the Black Crows obviously just got oh, back yeah. together, you know. Um,
0: Isn't that awesome?
1: Oh yeah, I was always a huge fan of those. Me guys. too, and that's you know that
0: I mean? was one of those things where I was saying earlier when like the fact that you guys are able to get into a, a van and, and I'm sure you guys have disagreements, and I don't, I'm not trying to, to to dox any of that. What I'm trying to say is that here, you know, uh, Chris and Rich Robinson like didn't like each other for a long time because of whatever was going on. It's like they get back together, and they're probably one of the greatest American treasures when it comes to music. They truly are those guys yeah no
1: yeah you're you're absolutely right man they're they're still great you know what i mean i was always such a big fan of those guys and really the whole band i thought was wonderful you you know what i mean but uh but but the the two brothers really got something special going that that is for sure man you know um but uh yeah I, i was just gonna say i don't listen to a whole lot of brand new music you know i guess i'm still stuck in the uh, 70s 80s and
0: 90s I think well and that, that, well. so that that was kind of my point is when I heard you guys I was like holy shit like you guys look you all look like you could have walked out of a time machine I had to logo, look, <laughs> look and see if maybe you guys just had a DeLorean back there and you were going back to 1975 <laughs> but know, you know right? you, you guys carry yourselves that way and you write I think you write music that way and that's what I feel when I'm, when I'm listening to your music even your new stuff it's got a signature sound to it. And you guys are, that's what I mean when I say you guys have, you guys have developed your own sound using the influences that, that really call to you. And you guys do a really good job at that. So that's the kind of stuff, those are the kind of gems I'm 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 hoping to find. You know, I love finding new, I'll, I'll give you a great example. And, and this might be a wormhole for you and me. I'm not a guitar player, but I love guitar players. And yeah. I, six months ago, I discovered Rory Gallagher. Do you know who Rory Gallagher is?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, one of my old bandmates turned me on to him a few years ago and he is, man, God dang, he was just fantastic.
0: And his body of work is enormous. It was bad enough. And you know, and I got my musical, like, uh, my ear, I would say I, my mom used to say that my dad could play a mean turntable. And so, you know, in, in, I called my mom and chewed her ass out because I'm like, how is it that I know who Jeff Beck is? I know who Jimmy Page is. I know who Eric Clapton is. I know who Dwayne Allman is. I, but I never, you never introduced me to Rory Gallagher, and she said, who? And so I've just been in a Rory Gallagher wormhole, and it's like, holy shit, I love finding – Finding new old music, and so that's kind of how I felt when I went with you guys. But the, this Rory Gallagher stuff is—it's awesome that that it's there's so much of it there. It's like binge watching uh, my favorite new <laughs> Netflix thing, you know.
1: I know it. Uh, actually, my old bandmate uh, and, and still dear friend Marcus Brown was the one that turned me on to Rory Gallagher. And when he was driving, I'd sit up front with him in the van, man, and he—that was all he would play, you know. And uh, he filled me in on on all the history around rory and i wasn't it eric clapton that that i guess rory was kind of one of his guitar heroes if if, if i remember that correctly man but um but yeah I, man that guy's just a monster you know there's a, he was telling me a lot of stories and stuff he had read about rory you know coming up and, yeah, and, and you, music business and, and
0: so that. he's so. not like he's not like uh he this is one of these guys that's what i was trying to say earlier when i was getting to a point where what is success you know what do you define success as because for all intents and purposes a guy who has been dead for i think almost 20 years now i believe rory died around 2000 i want to say but i had never heard of him and then you can go back and find a body of work that is that's that old and you know that's a successful guy you know what i mean even though he wasn't the guy that was he wasn't the guy that uh That, you know, was, uh, he died in 95. Okay. So, but I mean, I I should have known, I should have known who he, who he, who he was for all intents and purposes because I was such a music nerd, right? Well, he didn't chart anything. So then I didn't get to find him out. And I would have to say that if the internet was around in the seventies or the eighties, or even in the early nineties, we probably, that guy could have been a juggernaut. The guy could have been, he could have been bigger than Pete Townshend or bigger than, than, than Jimmy Page. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, man. And um, just uh, the the body of work that he left, you know, is uh, I think that's really one of the cool things about streaming is that you can go in and find all these, you know, relatively uh, unknown artists, you know, and and things like that, man. You can listen to like their whole catalog, you know. Um, I was uh, I was surprised I hadn't heard of him before. I did hear him, you know what I mean? And so, but yeah, he's a, he's a monster man. And there's a, there, there's so much talent out there, you know? And, uh, but as far as being, I guess, successful, um, you know, we always said, man, if we can pay our bills and play music like to us, that is success. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I guess we kind of still, we still stand by that, you know? And, um, uh, we're we're just about there, you know. Everybody still has some day gigs that, that we all do when we're home and stuff. You know, luckily to to have those, you know. And, yeah. Um. But uh. But really, man, I, I think the success is also about the the ride, trying to get there. You know what I mean? And um. Yeah. Wouldn't it and suck the, the if music and stuff,
0: you know? Wouldn't it suck is if if you got all the way to whatever the pinnacle is, whatever, whatever someone's dream is, you got there, and and there were no skin knees and you didn't have a story to tell, you know what I mean? That's what I said earlier about with cheat codes and stuff. It's like, you see some of these kids that are, you know, um, they get on Instagram or get on YouTube and, you know, they've got, they've got garage band in their laptop or their iPad. And, and, you know, there's some talented kids out there. I mean, like, uh, I don't hate me, but post Malone is somebody that's a good example of that, that actually has proven that he can, he can write, you know, good songs. And, you know, he's, he, he actually plays, uh, he plays uh, instruments and stuff, um, but you know there's cheat codes out there for some people. And when they don't, as soon as they get something done that doesn't get immediate results for them, then they quit. And that's the part of it where you have to be able to uh, you have to be able to throw away a piece of work even if you've worked on it a long time.
1: If at the end of it, it it's really not good. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I, I dig some post Malone stuff too, man. You know, and there's a, that like you know, like, like I said, there, there's a there's a lot of talent out there, man, um, tons of it. You know, and um, and so it's, um, I, I guess w- when we started the band, we really had like, like the long view, sure. <laughs> the long road approach, I guess. You know, because we really didn't have a whole lot of money, you know, to to do anything with. So our our approach was to to tour. You know what I mean, and get out there but I know everybody's approach is different, you know, depending on what your circumstances are and, and all that stuff, you know? But, but
0: I think um, touring's exciting. It feels exciting to me. You know, um, Bunny Carlos from, uh, from Cheap Trick once said in an interview that, well, I don't, I don't get paid to play music. I get paid to travel. And and well, I- <laughs> to a touring musician, they can go, well, I, yeah, me too. Right. But the stories that you Learn along the way, or that you, you see along the way. I mean, you visit, you had to have visited some amazing places that no one's heard of. You've had to, you had to have seen some, meet, meet, met some people that are amazing people that no one else knows. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's got to be when you get to the point where, you know, Stone Senate is what they deserve to be and you guys are you guys are driving around in, in a giant tour bus and you're, you're filling theaters and arenas and stuff which i'm sure will happen at some point in time you'll have all these stories to tell about the time remember when we were in that one little city and that one little town and that one lady come up and we, whatever bop 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 that whole deal i mean that kind of stuff is priceless
1: no man, you're, you're absolutely right you know and and honestly we have met some of the greatest people man uh, all over the the country you know just doing different shows and stuff and we got to see a lot of cool sites you know like uh mount rushmore when we go out to sturgis you mm-hmm. know we, we get a rushmore and the uh the crazy horse monument they're blasting into the mountain there you know yep. and, um so uh we went and saw billy the kids grave you know and uh, got, got to play the whiskey go-go in la that's and, it uh, right there. I'm done. The history, like, you know?
0: I I could be done if it. Uh, it t- I've been to um. I've been to the whiskey once. I've been to the rainbow a couple times. Just to go into that place is eerie in a
1: good way. <laughs> yeah, you've re- you you could really feel like the history and just the the cool weird vibe that that kind of hangs, uh, you know, in that place. <laughs> I, I was, in, I think, at least. You yeah, know?
0: I was in the rainbow about six weeks after Lemmy passed. Oh, wow. And they had just started setting up that whole little, the bust and the, the things and the that. And, and I was just like, man. And here's the coolest part. This is such a weird thing to say. But we're sitting there. We're, we're in the rainbow. We're, I didn't even know. I didn't realize that. First off, I didn't realize that anybody can go in there. And it's just a it's a just a just bar slash restaurant. And so we just go in there and we're like, shit, let's get that. Well, I'm going to have a burger and a beer at the rainbow. And there's the this, that. And sitting next to us at the table next to us was ron jeremy that porn star weird dude and everything
1: it was, are you kidding me no and then
0: two <laughs> tables over was um oh gosh his name is uh he's the he's the big hell's angel guy. he used to be a hell's angel he's an actor his name is chuck um uh, chuck zito chuck zito was there with a bunch of his friends and stuff and it was just kind of like no n- like n- not a it was a big deal because i thought it was a big deal but
1: yeah uh, that is a big deal you know deal. it that was just really neat cool. right
0: you know what i mean it was just really yeah. it was really really cool it was cool to, to be somewhere like that so if you've got to play you got to play the stage of the whiskey i mean every the doors have played the whiskey uh I was, yeah, Guns that, and that Roses. Was, that's
1: one of my favorites of all time the doors is know, it too. okay so that was that was really cool man you know
0: I could see but, that. Uh, That's a Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Man. No, I was just going to say I could see I could see where that would be being that you're, you know, you're the chief, you're pretty much the lyricist, right? You write all the lyrics for for the songs?
1: Well, you know, I, I used to be um and um well I well as I say it was myself and Marcus Brown really that that wrote a lot most of the stuff and then when Marcus left and uh and James came in, now it's it's uh James and I uh are doing most of the the lyrics um and uh Ted Hennington her other lead guitar player mm-hmm. uh he, he's a, he's a wonderful writer as well man and so it's really kind of become a, a group effort uh, i guess um That's great. Over the years you know like it starts out you just have whatever songs you you, you happen to have <laughs> you right know what i mean and then you constantly try and and, and up your song right, you know, with, with everything you bring in and all that. But now, you know, it, it's, it really is kind of a uh, pretty much a, a group thing, I guess. You know, everybody's got their two cents in there. And, um, well, that's good. Uh, but one of my favorite things to do is is, is write uh, lyrics and stuff, you know, so I, I really do enjoy that.
0: Do you write in a notebook, a black book, or do you put it in your iPhone?
1: Oh, man, I, I still write them down. I've got a little black book, uh, you know, with blank pages and, I still jot everything down, and uh, I've got more scribbles and unfinished works in there than I do finished <laughs> works. I guess. But, uh, but uh, just the whole process and of writing it and getting the idea and trying and expanding on that uh, to me is is really is cool, man. I, I really really enjoy that, you know, and and the musical part as well, you know. But um, the the lyrics are are one of my favorites
0: i would imagine and i don't know what the songwriting process goes through um you know i'm sure there's several different pieces and parts i I would imagine my impression of it is is that everybody kind of gets together everybody kind of has an idea maybe james has a a riff that he's come up with or you've got a, a melody that you came up with or a riff that you came up with Does does everything start uh on the guitar and then it goes it grows from there organically or do you kind of conjure up a melody in your head and then put it into your guitar
1: um, man, most it it mostly starts with like a guitar riff idea, or even like a chorus idea, or something. Um, like this new song "Shine" that's out. Uh, when we were putting songs together for for the album that's coming out later this year, um, James had um, the chorus. I believe he had the chorus first, uh, which was really powerful uh, when I heard it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he he kind of put the rest of it together at his home studio and stuff and. Uh, normally when somebody brings something in, we all kind of work with it and some stuff may get changed or you know you do this or that but uh man with with that song it just when he brought it in, everybody was like, dude that's that's great <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's roll with it, man right. you know um, but uh that uh, I think that one was kind of rare you know like I said most of the most of the stuff is um uh, everybody kind of puts in their their two cents and and, and stuff but it all definitely starts mostly with a, a guitar riff, you know, and then I'll look through my book and if I've got some lyric ideas, I'll mess around and try and see what's going to fit in there, you know, and then when you find something, you kind of try and expand on that lyrically and, and musically, you know, get you some changes and all that good stuff, you know.
0: Right. Um, what other instruments do you play?
1: Um, Man, you know, I started out playing drums uh, when I was about six or seven. Um, played those for several years. Um, I still have a kit. I I don't obviously play as much as I I used to when I was younger, but, uh, then, uh, I went from drums to playing bass in a band. Um, and then I picked up the guitar, uh, after that, you know, maybe around 14 or so, I guess. Wow.
0: Was it a, was it a pretty, pretty, I would think that if you're going to be, if you're a drummer, um, that, if you're going to the, the next, if you're going to go into a string instrument, the bass definitely, because those two kind of go hand in hand, right? The drums and, and the bass guitar, that's such a, that's such a team position to me. You know, if you're going to divide things up into, you know, offense and defense, that's definitely the, the bass guitar and the drums are the, definitely the offense of you know, holding down the base of the song. Right. And it allows everybody else to kind of move, move freely about the stage and, and through the song to do what they do best.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, good. Yeah, that's a that's a great way of looking at it, man. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know, um, and uh, that's uh, it, it was just I always wanted to play some kind of instrument. You know what I mean? I just happened to just to start with drums, but um, uh, really before I even played guitar in a band, I was uh, I was just singing. You mm-hmm. know, uh, in a band called Soul Hitch um, back before I was in high school and kind of. Uh, first two or three years through high school, I guess there and stuff. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's been, uh, <clears throat> been quite the uh, musical journey, uh, as far as instruments for me, you know, uh, but <clears throat> I, I feel like I'm still learning stuff every day, man, for guitar and, you know, uh, how to try and sing better. You know what I mean? And right. <clears throat> I still like to get, uh, get behind the drums and pound out some beats and stuff, you know, and, um, I, I still like to mess around on the bass guitar and stuff, you know, um, Sure. but, uh, I leave the, I leave the professional stuff up to the, the band guys, uh, David on the drums and Paul on the bass there. <laughs> 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 I do like to mess around with all that stuff still though, you know?
0: <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, man, uh, this has been another awesome interview. I appreciate your time and I definitely am excited for, for the new, uh, for the for what's going on this summer with you guys and everything that's going to happen as far as I know I'm going to get to see you in Sturgis. I'm stoked about that. That's super cool. As always.
1: Likewise, man. Likewise. Yes. Uh, I really, really appreciate you uh, making time for me again, Jason. It's always fun to talk with you and stuff. And, Thank you for including me on a on another podcast, man.
0: Well, I definitely appreciate it, you guys. Go out and go to Spotify and iTunes and download. Just search Stone Senate, and you're going to find all their all their music that you can stream on there. Um, and the new the new single was released last Friday, and we announced that on on our site as well. And that's uh, that's good to go, or is that Shine?
1: Uh, the, the the new one is Shine.
0: Shine, right? And then you guys Sir. have an EP coming out later this year.
1: Yeah, man, we've got a, uh, another uh, five-song EP called Dawn coming out in August. Uh, I think this it's either the 16th or the 18th of August, and then we'll have a full 13-song album out towards the end of the year, which we're going to do some vinyl, uh, like double vinyl Dude, on and, and all that cool stuff. One,
0: man, I'm so. I'm telling you right now, when you get those double vinyl ones— I, I'm, I'm, I don't care what it costs. I'll pay. I want one signed by you guys.
1: <laughs> oh, Hey man, it would be our pleasure to hook you up, dude. We, we uh, appreciate you and, and everybody so much, man, uh, that, you know, and it, it's always so cool to, uh, to see you and the team and stuff out there at all these different rallies. And, uh, so that's a, that's a, something we always look forward to, man. You know?
0: All right, brother, you have a great day and, uh, go to, uh, go to your favorite download site and and download as many stone Senate songs as you can. You will not be, you won't be sorry.
1: <laughs> hey Jason, thank yes, you again so much, man. Much love to you, brother. All right, buddy. Have a great day. Yes, sir. You too, man. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.